Welcome to Matthew Barber's Thames Valley Talks. Hi, I'm Rachel Ward, GP in Oxfordshire, and today I'm really pleased to be joined by Matthew Barber, who is the Deputy Commissioner for Police and Crime in Thames Valley, and also uh, joined by um, James Senior, who's uh, previously held the position of Detective Inspector for the Regional Organised Crime Unit. Um, We're going to be talking about quite a challenging topic today, and that's exploitation of children and young people, and considering how this happens in involvement with organised crime and drug dealing, such as county lines, which we've touched on on a previous conversation. Um, Some pretty gritty topics, um, but we feel that these are really important issues that people are aware of uh, because we feel that awareness leads to us spotting problems in our young people and ultimately helping them. Um, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Can can you ask me, can, can you tell me what your experience is and what what's going on in Thames Valley Police with these huge issues at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, I think the public, when we talk about county lines, uh, drugs gangs, and it's it's come into the lexicon in in recent years. Um, I think you know, go back a little while, people wouldn't have known what you're talking about. People get an idea of it uh, now from television, from from the media, and from the newspapers. Uh, but I think there's um, uh, th- there's probably still a lack of understanding of what it's really about. Uh, people see it as simply uh, a drug related problem, and the commodity is drugs but the commodity could be anything. This is just a really successful business model. These people are the Amazon of the criminal underworld. They have a great delivery mechanism. They provide great customer service. Um, and, and that sounds really cynical of me to say it like that, but I think we need to properly understand their business model in order to be able to, to tackle them. Uh, and the real challenge about the the, the method they use is the, is the biggest problem. The, the commodity they supply causes incredible harm to to communities to individuals who who end up taking those drugs which can destroy their lives but along the way there's often an even greater harm caused in the trafficking of these drugs of of the phones of the money of the weapons uh, around the country Uh, Mm. and all too often it's children that are exploited uh, in order to carry out uh, that Uh, and and they can be exploited financially they can have uh, physical threats uh, and physical violence uh, they may be exploited sexually. Uh, they, they may be there may be threats on the family. There's a huge range of ways in which people can be exploited by these gangs, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges for the police in tackling it. That this really becomes uh, a welfare issue of protecting mm. uh, children uh, as much as it does about tackling the the drug supply itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to admit. So I up until a few years ago, I didn't know what county lines were, which which is actually not uh, not something I'm proud of as as a GP. And I went on a whole day's training with police and safeguarding and and I was shocked at the stuff that I was finding out about um, what is happening to these young people who are getting drawn into these gangs and and drug dealing and how they are being exploited on many levels. And I found it shocking and terrifying as a parent. James, you, you have extensive experience kind of dealing with these situations on the ground. Could you tell us a bit about what your job involves day to day and your experience of how these county lines are operating in our areas? Yeah, so my my job was really centred around supporting the forces in the southeast with tackling county lines. 
which is not just drug dealing. A lot of people assume that that drug dealing is um, that every drug dealer is a uh, kind of a local individual that can be tackled quite easily. County Lines is really, really sophisticated. We're talking about high-end organised criminals um, with access to firearms uh, and, and really, really dangerous people. They they often and they and they do by nature of the crime exploit um, force boundaries, which makes it even uh, harder for us to tackle really as the police mm-hmm. because we could have a, a county line uh, dealer if you like uh, based up in Liverpool for example, mm-hmm. um, and they could be exploiting young people from Liverpool and sending them down to the southeast to deal drugs. So for a force like Thames Valley. We have no idea who the young person is because we've never seen them before um, and we don't know where the drug dealer actually is either. Um, so it, it becomes really, really challenging. So my role was really to try and work with the four forces of the southeast, whilst also working with my uh, counterparts of which there were coordinators in each region um, and work with those to try and tackle county lines both from where they originate, but also um, where they ultimately end up and where they're exported into which would be the southeast, for example, and and southeast is a very heavy um, kind of exporting area. We we unfortunately, because of the geography of the southeast, do export from uh, the metropolitan police area as well as other cities such as Manchester and Liverpool. So it's, it's really really challenging area. Um, but I, I basically work with my counterparts across the country to try and overcome those issues around force boundaries. I mean, and as you've you've summed that up brilliantly, that as Matt says, this is a very successful business model because they have seen the issue, you know, the things out there, you know, if they have people moving across boundaries, you don't know young children, it makes it far difficult to intercept, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on um, something there. You said, you know, often we're dealing with young people that we don't know. One, one thing that I've been made aware of with county lines is that often the children that are targeted are not necessarily the ones you would expect. So often they are ones that have never been in touch with the police, you know, mm-hmm. attending school because they are more difficult to trace. They're more difficult to find. Um could you tell us a little bit about the kind of kids, the kind of young people that are vulnerable and are targeted by these drug dealers and gangs? Yeah, so I would say that every child is vulnerable to um, being exploited by county lines. There seems to be this perception that county lines gangs will only target really vulnerable children that have grown up in the care system, um, that are from broken families, for example simply is not the case and we've seen some quite professional um, people whose whose children have ultimately been exploited by county lines gangs and actually they could live in um, you know amazing million pound houses somewhere in in the in the suburbs but yet they are still at risk from being exploited so there isn't one specific type of child that will be groomed and targeted it literally is absolutely everyone and that's we are doing quite a lot of work around um, how county lines gangs are recruiting uh, vulnerable people and children. Um, and we seem to see that a lot of it happens at schools. Um, we also see that a lot of children are exploited online. So, again, that, that makes it really challenging for us um, as, as the police to really combat that because there just simply isn't a specific type of victim yeah. that's always targeted. It could literally be any child. And we've had all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. And that is a really important 
uh, thing for people to take on board because as you say I think sometimes with these things we think of drugs and you know a dark side of the world and we think mm, that's that's never going to uh, that's never going to affect me but actually mm-hmm. it can affect anybody and I think that is a really really important message um, could, could you tell us not necessarily you know a specific case study of a real case but could you give us an example of kind of how it would start out with a young person maybe being approached and how it goes through the process of getting you know into the involved with the gang and starting to be exploited just to kind of give people a picture of how it happens yeah yeah i mean so so one example actually was um a child whose father was in the emergency services so i was actually delivering some training um, and that father came up to me afterwards and said i've just realized that my child has been exploited by county lines um, and it was really quite powerful, but what ultimately happened with them was that their child was simply buying um, some food from a takeaway shop after school, as a lot of children do, um, and they were approached by um, an individual who was in their late teens, and that individual basically bought um, their food for them and um, said, oh, don't, don't worry about it, I've, I've got this, that's fine. And the child naturally was a little bit surprised, but that was it. And then the next, um, there was another encounter, and um, that individual then said, well, yesterday I bought you your dinner, so now you need to do something for me. You don't just get free food. Uh, so that child was clearly very intimidated, um, and before you know it, he was asked to take uh, a package from one place to another, and then it evolved from there. And before you know it, he's now no longer attending school, and he, and he's wrapped up in that environment that he can now it's now really really difficult to escape from and that's as simple as it is I mean that that child was not from a disadvantaged background whatsoever um, and it was simply just someone buying food for them at a takeaway shop and it's just evolved from there um, and, it's, and it's really really sad to hear. I think that the sophistication of, of the yeah. recruitment process is is really quite incredible and, yeah. and uh, through the PCC's office we funded a uh, a drama presentation that's gone into oh. to schools across the Thames Valley and, and hopefully by now um, uh, the majority of children in Thames Valley would have had the opportunity to see yeah. this uh, and and it's gone out to parents as well and I, I've, I've watched it mm-hmm. with parents and it's hugely impactful exactly the sort of example that, that James gives of of the the opportunities that, that these recruiters will find, um, uh, whether it is just just buying that meal, offering someone that that gift. Uh, in the particular drama presentation, there was a um, a, a, a boyfriend who he wanted to to buy a gift for his girlfriend, who was disappointed yeah. that she she didn't have whatever. And and this chap just offered to lend him some money to buy a gift for it for his girlfriend. Mm. Uh, and you, it it feels like they're being friendly towards you. Yeah. Uh, what what yeah. could be nicer than that? And, and it, it, the escalation is then incredibly quick. Uh, and as we've discussed before, you know, we, we always give the message to young people to talk to your parents, to talk to your teachers, to talk to a police officer. But actually, put yourself in their shoes. It can be incredibly difficult when you've made that one seemingly very innocent mistake. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been nothing to go back and for that, that lad to tell his father that someone bought him a, a, some food in a takeaway. That's not a problem. Yeah. A week later, he's, mm-hmm. he's in so deep, he feels he can't talk to anyone. Uh, and and it's incredibly quick uh, and yeah. and as I say very very impressive and and really really difficult to to tackle uh, but there there will be these these elements of the gangs who will specialise um, in that recruitment and they are incredibly good at judging people and, and approaching people and appearing as if they are your friends. 
Yeah, and I think we need to be having those conversations with our children. We need to be, you know, it's it's a sad situation to be saying, you know, if somebody comes and tries to do you a favour, be suspicious. That is unfortunate, but I, th I think we have to be having those conversations. Children need to be aware of those dangers and what the implications could be. We need to have we need to be honest with our children and discuss it. Um, Matt, you, we, we, we were chatting earlier. You said about the some of the things that happen where um, they will set up, um, you know, they will get a child to take something and then set up somebody coming to steal it, to put it into, put them into debt. Could you explain that situation? Because that's quite a common scenario. Yeah, so the, it, it may be exactly the sort of case that, that James was uh, alluding to. And, and this is a, a reasonably well-known tactic uh, now where someone will be asked to transport a, a package. Um, it could just be a couple of streets away. Uh, and again, it seems reasonably innocent for someone you think is your friend or you're building up a relationship with. Can you do me a favour and just take this to, to an address? Uh, and they probably won't know what's in the package. Um, it could be drugs. It could be money. It could actually be nothing. Uh, and uh, a couple of streets away, they will they will be robbed by someone. Uh, and they'll come back to the person who's given the package and they'll say, look, I'm really sorry. Um, uh, I've, I've just been robbed. And they'll be traumatised by the, by the yeah. robbery, frankly. Um, now, the person who stole whatever that package was from them was from the same gang. Uh, but now that so they've, they've recovered whatever was in the package, if anything. Um, but now the, the person who's recruited them will say, well, there, there was 500 pounds worth of drugs in there or cash or whatever the commodity allegedly was. You now owe me for that. Mm. But don't worry, you can work off that debt. Mm. Um, if you deliver a few more packages for me, um, mm. then you won't. Know, and, and they get in again deeper and deeper into this cycle. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those stages that you, know, you, you can imagine if you if you slip down that road, it does make it incredibly difficult for, for people to, to get out of it. And, and it's why one of, one of the key messages, I think, around county lines is that uh, the police understand that nuance and, yeah. um, and more so now than ever, the police will treat those young people as victims of crime and not as perpetrators. And I think if yeah. you are um, a mother, a father, a family member, a teacher, a doctor who's got some suspicions, there is naturally, I think, a reluctance to report that to the police if you feel there will be consequences for that young person. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, you know, we need to reassure uh, everybody that as far as possible, the police understand that uh, and uh, and will seek to protect and safeguard that young person in, in the whole affair. So it, it's yeah. much better for everybody to try and get those issues out into the open to, to get the help uh, that they need because they can be protected from the gangs. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, again, it's a very difficult topic to discuss, but I think we have to mention it, that things can get so extreme that people, uh, you know, these young ch children will be threatened that if they don't continue to toe the line, they don't continue to do stuff, members of their family will be killed or, you know, it can get very, very nasty, can't it? And to the extent that I know it's really difficult for you guys getting involved when you're at the stage having to kind of, you know, try and protect whole families and, and move them. Is, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 level of violence and threats offered to not just the young person that's being exploited, but also their wider family mm. um, can be really, really significant and really quite frightening. When you look at the serious case review of Jaden Moody, who was the, the young child murdered um, in London, who had found himself um, sent to various parts of the country, an element of the tactic that County Line used was that they um, would also target his mum and actually threatened his mum at, at their home address. Yeah. So that goes to show the lengths that a County Line will take 
in order to continue that exploitation of a young person who is actually quite valuable to their business model. Yeah, yeah. And can we can we now have a think um, about um, things that people should be looking out for, some of the, the telltale signs? So, so one that I'm particularly aware of is that these, these young people, these children will suddenly um, have multiple mobile phones coming from nowhere. And that is the county line, the, the county, uh, the, the phone line where people are phoning to tell them about who's ordering drugs, where to get drugs and, and people ordering a delivery, that kind of thing. And so suddenly they will have multiple mobile phones that are swapping frequently. You don't know where they've come from. They may be going into other rooms to take calls frequently that's something you may pick up on. Um, James, what, what would you say are things that people need to look out for in their children or their pupils or their grandchildren? Yeah, I mean, it'd be if building on, on that. It'd be mobile phone, but also large amounts of cash. It could be new clothes um, and new uh, trainers or footwear, new gadgets um, to ultimately ask the question, where on earth are they getting that money from in order to afford those um, gifts? because they have to be getting the gifts from somewhere. And it's a, it's a simple grooming tactic that if you provide a young person with um, gifts and gadgets and clothes that, that young people like, then that young person suddenly feels part of some kind of family. Um, and they will then continue to um, be exploited and groomed without them even realizing it. Um, in addition, another sign could be um, evidence of drugs use or drugs dealing. So it could be Kind of small uh, deal packages that are, that might be empty left over in their rooms. Um, it could be long trips away, whereby um, a young person may suggest that they're staying around at a friend's house, and actually they're the other side of the country without the, the parent even realising. So it could be um, evidence of travel. So it could be a train ticket or a bus ticket, um, because we are seeing young people um, get on the uh, train system, but also coaches. So um, I think as a parent, it's really important to look out for evidence of long distance travel, um, evidence of them being involved in drug supply. Um, so it could be suddenly carrying a weapon because county lines um, gangs are really dangerous places to be. And a young person may feel as if they need to protect themselves. Uh, so they may want to carry a knife. So a parent really does need to look out for these um, telltale signs um, but I think a, a key one that's often missed is the communication with the school, mm. because um, the school and, the, and teachers will often notice the change in behaviour really quickly um, because they'll suddenly see that they're hanging around with different people at school. Um, they'll suddenly see that what was once a really bubbly, um, bright young person is suddenly starting to change at school. And they're kind of really key areas that can often be overlooked because the teachers We'll, we'll see some really significant changes in behaviour. Um, and they're the types of kind of warning signs, really, that that young person could, I mean, not necessarily is, but could be being exploited. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I'd like to, at this point, touch on sexual exploitation. Again, not a nice topic to discuss, uh, but sadly something I think, you know, as parents and, you know, knowing young people, looking out for young people and as, as, as a GP and as a professional, it's something we need to be fully aware of. And in this situation, it may be that children start to be exploited sexually and it may be along with the threats. It may be along with, you know, the kind of uh, being brought into the fact that they are one of the dealer's girlfriends or boyfriends and in a special position. 
And again, it's something you need to be aware of. So it may be that your son or daughter suddenly um, has physical symptoms that, you know, they maybe want to go to a sexual health clinic or speak to the GP. Suddenly they want to... Uh, you know, go to the GP to ask about contraception, but you're not aware of a partner or somebody they've, you know, been seeing regularly. Just if things are not adding up, and I think, you know, gut instinct is a very, very important thing as a parent. And I think if something's not adding up, if you're thinking, why do I not know the full picture? You need to question it. And if you're not getting anywhere, then by all means, you know, talk to somebody else, talk to teachers, talk to your GP, say, I'm worried about my son or daughter, something's not adding up. And we will be more than happy to listen. And I think that the sexual exploitation angle, there's, there's probably two parts to it that um, children will be exploited for the for the sexual gratification of the sexual act, but also in in this particular sort of business model, as I was describing, um, it's often a part of the part of the entrapment uh, into it. We know we have a, a whole separate issue around uh, sexting uh, and, and children sharing explicit images of themselves, uh, and often it's relatively. I use the word innocent, uh, which sounds very inappropriate, but it will be between children of a of a similar age um, uh, simply growing up in, in a modern age you know it's not to condone it but it's uh, it, it's relatively contained uh, yeah. but but often children will be tricked into sharing images with perhaps someone they do think is a, of their own age yeah. um, or, or sharing those images further and again once they've done that uh, then then the gang has a, as a point of blackmail for them um, to, to threaten them with the exposure to their friends, to their family, to, to the wider public. So I, I think there's a, a real challenge um, there that it's not just uh, sexual exploitation for sexual gratification. It's as a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, we, we still probably presume that that will be girls. Um, and, and it's not. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to exploitation, there are plenty yeah. of opportunities uh, for the gangs to to exploit young boys uh, as well. So I think we just need to be aware of those dangers, you say. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, can we bring this around now to what people should do if they suspect something of, a, of, of somebody they know? Or even, you know, seeing a child, you know, that, or, or a young person, you think something not right here. I didn't like the way that that person was treated. If somebody has suspicions, what should they do next? Um, so I think that the first one is to have some honest discussions with that young person. I think um, while potentially some concerns around exploitation, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they are being exploited and actually having a discussion with a young person may um, alleviate some of those concerns and it, it could it could lead to something else and not necessarily be uh, county lines or sexual exploitation. Um, so have that discussion. Uh, if there are some concerns from that point, there are um, some really good charities out there. There's some really good support services um, that can provide some advice specifically for parents. Um, and, and in addition, ultimately, the police. We have some really good safeguarding teams here in Thames Valley um, that can offer that support to parents they can engage with young people both in front of their parents and away from parents to try and get to the bottom of what's really going on um, and we have some really good uh, schemes across different areas in Thames Valley that can support that young person to ultimately help them see that they don't have to lead a life of exploitation um, we can help them escape those exploiters and ultimately there are whilst county lines have historically uh, exploited force boundaries 
um, and and used the fact that forces necessarily didn't always speak to each other um, enough, that that has dramatically improved, both within the coordinator role within the regions, the regional organised crime units, um, but you only have to look now uh, at the Metropolitan Police. There's yeah. some brilliant stuff that they're doing um, that are ultimately impacting the county lines that are going out into the southeast. So the forces that are exporting are now taking responsibility for the gangs that are um, moving children and sending children into other areas. And it's now not as easy as it was to um, establish yourself as a county line. The message would be to have a have an honest discussion with that young person. And if there are any concerns, there's certainly some professional agencies um, and the police that are there to um, to support. Great. Um, I, I, and I will just add that from from a GP's perspective, um, of course, we also, you know, we are here if you have problems with your children and you're thinking there's something going on here. If you feel you just need to talk it through, if you, you know if something's not adding up, we are also somebody that you can pick up the phone, have a conversation. Often in this situation, just running it by somebody else, putting it out there. It, it's very helpful and very reassuring. And, and so GP is always a route into assistance as well. Um, Matt, can you just tell me to kind of close things up? Where do you think things are going with this? I mean, there's obviously a huge amount of progress that's being made, but it's a massive problem. How, how do you see things developing with county lines? And do you think we're do you think we're making headway with it? Um, I, I think I think we are, and and actually the um, uh, the <coughs> National Crime Agency runs some uh, national weeks, uh, intensification weeks, they're called, where all forces uh, have a have a concerted effort around county lines. Thames Valley actually comes normally comes top of that list with the number of arrests, with the amount of cash seized, the amount of mobile phones seized. I think there are around 91 arrests in the last big week of action that we had, and some of the uh, some of the impact certainly this time round has has really seriously damaged some of those gangs for for the long term. Uh, and it's not just picking up people low down in the organisation. There's some really good work to actually try and dismantle some of the organised crime gangs. Mm. I mean, sadly, this is going to be an ongoing battle, although. The county lines model we we talk about as being relatively new. Um, all we're seeing is uh, criminal exporting a commodity around the country and exploiting new technology to do it. Yeah. And although we talk about it now and it's been given a name, uh, sadly it, it's nothing new. Um, there have always been criminal gangs um, exploiting new technology, whatever that might be at the time, and exploiting the most whether that's the the youngest or or most vulnerable in other ways because of their exclusion from mainstream society so um sadly i fear it's not something we are never going to solve but i do feel we are making some really big inroads um the the thames valley violence reduction unit that the the pcc um uh, manages uh, I, i think is doing a lot within thames valley to try and coordinate the effort so uh, all that support that James talked about, trying to make sure that all of those agencies are seen from the same hymn sheet, that we all have the same referral mechanisms, that we all know that the, the help that we need to give to children, uh, and we make sure the whole picture is joined up between GPs and schools and social services and, and the police. And that's, that's, not, that's not a small task to join up those agencies that don't often talk, but we are getting there. Yeah. Uh, and as James has said, the, the communication across the country between police forces uh, with the National Crime Agency, I think the regional organised crime units uh, are, are doing a fantastic job uh, mm-hmm. actually in managing some of those jobs that might otherwise be too big for some forces 
because we need to recognise this is a, a nationwide challenge. Frankly, it's an international challenge in the, in the, the overall supply of drugs. Uh, but we are getting there with putting the systems in place uh, to try and deal with it. And, and that's all very well as a politician talking about the systems. But the thing that encourages me most is we are seeing the impacts on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and we are seeing those arrests being made. Uh, we are seeing disruptions to, to the gangs and we are seeing a significant number of young people uh, being safeguarded as a result of the work of the police. And I think as a final point, what I would say is, um, you know, as professionals and as, as organisations, I think there is a lot going on in the background. But I think overall, we as adults in our community owe it to our young people to have a, an awareness of this, first of all. So, you know, just by listening to this information, you, you're making, you know, you're making a contribution and also just having the confidence to to speak out and recognise it and, and ask for help if you if you suspect something like this is going on because you know as we've said this is a very very unpleasant scenario for your children to be involved in and and we want people to know about it and I think there's one just to add another another thought to this is one area where as you say as, as adults in our society we all have a responsibility there are still sadly a, a lot of people out there who see recreational drug use as as acceptable um you know often powdered cocaine um, in you know, amongst those those professional classes that James talked about, who may still have their children children exploited, see this as a uh, a harm free uh, recreation. Uh, and uh, I think we need to get over the message that you may be sitting uh, in your in your living room having a dinner party to use the use the stereotype, uh, sharing some class A drugs. But there's a reasonable chance that several children, not somewhere the other side of the world, but several children in your town, in your county, have been exploited in order to get those drugs to you. Uh, and I think we need to understand that there is there is a, a whole set of responsibility there, not just as you quite rightly say, Rachel, as, as parents, as adults looking out for children, yeah. uh, but, but that section of society that feels that their recreational activity does no harm, we yeah. need to recognise it really does, uh, and it's destroying children's lives. I think that is a, a, a very good sobering thought, um, but very important. Um, thank you both for chatting today about it. As we've said several times, this is a difficult subject, but we believe it's really important to discuss it. Um, so thank you very much for joining me to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. much. get all the editions of my podcast and to find out more information about any of the issues discussed visit my website matthewbarber.co.uk slash thamesvalleytalks 